So I'm a day late to this, but you know, I had to. I wanted to watch both games so I can get uh, one episode on for both, and that's going to be how it is for the rest of uh, these series until the finals comes, because uh, they're a day apart. But we're going to start with Miami and the Celtics. Uh, the Celtics should be afraid. Uh, they definitely should be scared of the Miami Heat now. If they weren't scared of the Miami Heat uh, in Game 1, they definitely should be scared of Game two, uh, by the end of Game 2. Um, because Miami's up 2-0. Um, and in Spolstra's uh, career, he's uh, he's never lost the series being up 2-0. Um, so that's something to really be intimidated by. And in the really good end of game two, Jalen almost bailed him out. He almost bailed him out with the two clutch threes at the end. And if that last three had hit, would have tied the game. Uh, he almost bailed him out, but fortunately, that last three just didn't make it. They got the rebound, and uh, the game was over at that point. Uh, really, for Miami, uh, you know, nothing new really uh, was happening in the series. Uh, they're running the same zone defense, and they're running the same type of offensive schemes that they were running uh, against Milwaukee. Only this series, they're running a little bit more on not a little. They're relying a little bit less on the pick and rolls and more on spot up shooting. Um, they're just really being uh, really really good with passing the ball, and they're really good at just getting people wide open. Uh, you know, the really the only big men they have is Autobio, which, by the way, Autobio is just doing great in this series. Uh, blocks Jason Tatum's game-winning dunk and then in game one. And then on top of that, just absolutely demolishes um, the board in game two. So great job for him. He's doing everything he needs to be doing. Uh, Butler... Butler's kind of been quiet. I mean, he's got Marcus Smart on him, so that's kind of a factor. But he doesn't really... The thing is, this Miami Heat team is that he doesn't have to score for them to win. Like I've said before, they don't really have that that star player that scores 30 points a game, you know, like the Lakers do or the Clippers did. They don't have... Yeah, they're gone. They're out of the equation now. But, uh, you know, that that's just how it is. Um, they just... Anybody on that team can score. You know, you got Duncan Robinson, you know, when he's pulling up from the parking lot and getting six threes in a game, he's got 18 points. That's good. You need that. Tyler Hero has been great. And I'll just say this for a rookie, um, you know, all rookie second team. That is just amazing for him to do in this, in this year. Uh, he's doing great. And personally, I think Tyler Hero, you know, two, three years down the line, Tyler Hero is going to be an absolute draft steal um, a lot of teams are going to regret leaving him at the 11th pick. Uh, in my opinion, Tyler Heroes should have gone top 10. He definitely shouldn't have fell to the 11th pick. Now, I know the 11th pick is no, is nothing bad to say, you know, rather than being, you know, 10th. But still, I think he should have gone a lot higher. Uh, because especially uh, the people that were drafted before him, a couple of them, I can already tell, definitely have not exceeded uh, their expectations so far. Then again, it's their rookie year, so give them a little bit of slack. But um, there are a couple people that uh, shouldn't have gone higher than Tyler Hero. So we'll we'll see uh, how that goes in the future. But overall, Tyler Hero is just a great rookie, and uh, he's definitely going to develop well for them. I don't think that he's going to be like a 30-point you know, star in this league. 
but I think that he'll be a really good all-star, and I think he'll be a, a very good two-way guard. Um, you know, he'll be very good at spot-up shooting. He's just going to be a really good shooter overall, and he'll be an all-star definitely, but he's not going to be a, you know, an MVP caliber kind of player. Uh, that's really in my mind, but you never know. Uh, but, you know, more onto the Celtics side. Uh, in terms of really uh, down the stretch, you know, within maybe the third and fourth quarters, um, Celtics are trash. Um, in the in the third and fourth quarter, uh, the, the Celtics seem to struggle a lot. And, you know, tension in the locker room is starting to get a little bit high. Uh, Marcus Smart, after game two, just started going off on his teammates. And uh, I feel like that's going to really affect them for the rest of the series. Uh, this is, the tensions are going to get way too high. Someone's going to start some fights, which I it was reportedly, reportedly uh, you know, Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown got into it. But Jalen Brown got into it trying to calm down Marcus. So, you know, Jalen wasn't fighting him. He was trying to calm him down, and Marcus was just not having it. Uh, that's reportedly of what's going on, but we don't really know because I can't be there. Um, but reportedly, that's what's going on. If that's true, those guys definitely aren't going to be able to get along for very long. And, uh, and you know, eventually it's going to lead to the point where something's, gonna, something's going to go off. Uh, someone's going to blow a fuse, and the chemistry for this team is just going to start going down. Uh, I wouldn't say it's going to be you know, bad as in like Kyrie Irving when, it, when he was on Celtics bad, but it could get to that level. Um, I mean, like I've said, I'm a Heat fan, so I don't want the Celtics to win, but, you know, I still can point out their flaws. And really what they're doing wrong here is that, you know, normally their offense is at their best against zone uh, defenses because they've been able to completely dominate against zone defenses all year, but... For some reason, Miami is doing it, and they're making it work. Um, and honestly, I don't know if the Celtics really are paying attention. Maybe they just don't know that they're running a zone, or maybe uh, they're just trying to do what they've been doing, and it's just not working. Maybe the Heat's outsmarting them. But for some reason, it's just the Heat are running a zone, and Boston just can't seem to shake it. And, you know... and. The, the Heat are also doing a really good job on boxing out Kemba. They didn't do very good in Game 2. In Game 2, uh, he started going off um, definitely for the future, especially in Game 3. Uh, if Miami want to take a 3-0 lead, they definitely have to box out Kemba um, because once Kemba starts getting hot, um, it's really, really tough for uh, the Celtics to not um, win. Uh, at that point, when Kemba's really hot, everybody's going to start getting hot. So they really got to stop Kemba. Uh, if they can effectively box out Kemba, it's going to be a lot harder for the Celtics to uh, get points in transition, definitely, because he is their main factor in that, and that's why they're so good at it. But he's also going to be a main factor in their defense, too, because Kemba leads the, leads the team in steals, so he's very good at getting the ball and getting them opportunities in transition. So not having him at 100% will definitely hurt their offense and their defense. So we'll see what happens there. Um, like I said, they boxed him out in game one, but in game two, they decided to like just ignore the box in 
they decided to not box him, and uh, he went for 14 points in the first half, and he hit a couple of really good clutch threes. But then in the second half, he kind of went quiet, not really, a little bit. He he did a little bit in the third in the second half, but not as much as the first. Uh, so, and you know, credit for credit for the Heat, Jimmy Butler. I mean, Jimmy Butler. He didn't get. He wasn't stuck stuffing the stat sheet, but he he did play very well. He had a real a couple of really good defensive stops, especially in the third quarter. Um, well, not the third quarter, sorry, the fourth quarter. Um, very good defensive stops. So he got a steal in the half court, and then ran all the way back to dunk it. And then he got another steal uh, in the half court in the fourth quarter that led to an auto bio dunk. So really, really good. Um, Jimmy Butler really is the king of defense on that team. He's really been a huge uh, powerhouse on that team. Even though that he doesn't show its stat, you know, scoring-wise, he doesn't have to score to be good. He pretty much could score, and he can do what Jimmy Butler does, and that's be an all-NBA defender. So, great job for him. And honestly, Jimmy Butler deserves every bit of this because he's Jimmy Butler's been balling in the league. He's... He's been averaging 20 points a game, you know, for his career uh, since, you know, what, since maybe 2013 or 2014. Uh, when he was a rookie, he barely, when he was a rookie, he really didn't do anything. He was kind of irrelevant as a rookie. And then a couple years later, he started getting really good. Chicago was really giving him more minutes. And then once he broke out, I think in 2013 or 2014, he averaged 20 points a game. He hasn't. Uh, had he hasn't averaged less than 20 points a game in a long time. He's been a consistent 20 point per game scorer, um, and he's never been to an Easter Conference Finals except for now. He has now, but beforehand he's never been to one. Um, and his closest attempt was getting knocked out uh, last year in the second round to Toronto. So that really sucked. I felt like Jimmy Butler was the absolute MVP of that series. Um, because he was just bawling. I mean, Jimmy Butler was going off for 25, 30 points a night in that series. And I just figured, why couldn't you just, like, I understand that, you know, Kawhi hit the best clutch shot ever and he got lucky. But, you know, that shot not going in, you know, Philly would have had a chance against the Warriors. Like, they really actually did. They, I feel like they really did have a chance against the Warriors. Maybe not... A very big one. Maybe they probably would. I think they probably maybe would have lost in six games. That's even if they can get past. You know, I feel like they probably could have beaten them. But you never know. I mean, well, well, for one, they'd have to go up against Milwaukee. Do I think they'd beat Milwaukee? Maybe. It would be very iffy. But but that's all behind us. It never happened, and they lost. Which I which, you know, like I said, Butler deserves it. He's been a baller his whole career, and he has no championships or no nothing to show for it. So, this is his chance. Uh, I, I, I still think that Miami are gonna, is going to win this series in six games at least. Um, maybe in five if we dominate that much. Um, and you know, I think it's going to. I think the Lakers and the Heat are going to be playing in the finals. That's my pure prediction. Um, so great job for the Heat. Uh, We'll see how they do in Game 3. Um, really, for the Celtics, in order to improve, they really got to figure out uh, a new defensive scheme to take out Miami because they're they're running that zone defense, and that zone defense, for some reason, is actually working on Boston, even though that during the year, 
they dominated against cover and zone defenses. So we'll see what happens. Um, and then for Miami, they really don't have to change anything. Assuming that Boston comes back and wins game three and they figure out a, a way to, you know, maybe expose a loophole or something, they might change something. But for now, Miami don't have to change anything. They're good as they are right now. Um, and then the Lakers, um, Denver, this was just a, I kind of, I expected this for game one, uh, like, like what happened in the Clippers series. These guys are exhausted. Uh, these guys went through a seven game series. These guys only had, you know, a full day, you know, 20, maybe well 40, yeah, two days, but a good 48 hours to rest and prepare for this game. The Lakers have the Lakers within all their series, they've had, five to six days between each series. And that's just because these guys have been so dominant. They've been beat. They've been winning their series rather quickly um, against Portland. They came, they lost game one and then came back and won four straight and won in five games. Same thing for Houston lost game one and then came back and won four straight. And so these guys, these guys have just been getting a lot of rest, uh, more rest than any of these other teams in the league right now. Um, these guys are just always rested. They're always ready to go. Um, and I still think that it's going to happen like this. Um, we'll see what happens. Uh, Denver, you know, I feel like this game would have been a lot closer if Jokic and Murray didn't get into foul trouble. Uh, you know, Jokic was playing really well off the start. He had 11 points in 11 minutes. And then second quarter, he started getting into foul trouble. And by the by the halftime, he had three fouls by halftime. And then as soon as the the as soon as the third quarter started, he picked up another foul. So it was four fouls before the fourth quarter even started. He had four fouls. Eventually, he picked up his fifth, and that was it. Then they then uh, Malone just took him out for the rest of the game. Um, I think in total, I think he only had like twenty points and maybe like three or four assists. So definitely was in terms of scoring, he was fine. The problem was that. He just he just couldn't stop getting into foul trouble and he would miss uh, you know majority of the game and I feel like this game would have been a lot closer if if you know he had just not been in foul trouble you know I feel like Denver could have actually fought because when when Jokic and Murray got taken out of the game uh, you know with like there was like seven minutes left in the second quarter for halftime. They were only down by like 10 points. So it's not like they couldn't come back. They still could win. You know, if Jokic and Murray didn't have, you know, six, three fouls each, six fouls at that time, they could have came, they could have actually tied it up or at least got a little bit closer. But then once Jokic got his fourth foul, um, once Jokic got his fourth foul, like right off the start, when the, when the game started back up in the third quarter, um, it was just Murray at that point. And then eventually Murray picked up another foul and then that forced Malone to take him out. So then once both of them were out, then the Lakers just took control and they just started dominating. And at that point, uh, Malone basically just said, we're done for, he basically just kept them out of the game for the rest of the time. Uh, well, not the rest of the time, but by the end of the, by the end of the third quarter, um, Jokic had his fifth foul. Murray, I think had another foul. So I think he had five fouls. And by then, uh, the Lakers were up by more than double. They were up by probably, I think, like 20 points at that time. So then, you know, they were just like, okay, scratch it up. Let's go game two, uh, which I feel like that's necessary. Uh, you know, when, I mean, of course, 
you know, Denver, Denver knows this more than any team, you know, being able to come back from double digits. But, you know, when your two star players are sitting with five and four fouls or both five fouls, I couldn't, I lost track. But, you know, when both your star players are in foul trouble and you're down 20 points in the fourth quarter, there's really nothing much you can do besides, uh, you know, flip a coin and hope that your bench players can win the game for you. And, uh, you know, Denver doesn't have the strongest bench. I mean, they do. They have a really good bench, but it's definitely not as good as, say, like a Lakers bench. Because I feel like the Lakers bench just dominates uh, compared to Denver's. So definitely uh, was a bad game for them. Uh, also, they turned the ball over. Um, it wasn't just Murray and Jokic. I mean, between everybody, they had like almost 30 offensive fouls, which is just incredibly bad. I mean, they were just turning the ball over left and right. You know, the offense was just super stagnant, you know, and I'm surprised that Jokic and Murray both had like 20 plus points each. But, you know, if those guys didn't have foul trouble, they easily would have 30 plus points each. So they would have had a much greater chance at winning this game. Um, You know, meanwhile, that's going on. Everything's just going super right for the Lakers. Their defense was just amazing. Davis had 37 and 10 uh, and LeBron. He didn't have a he didn't have like an extremely good game. He had 15 points and I think eight assists, so almost a double double. He was doing his part, you know. When LeBron doesn't score that many points, it's not because you know he's bad and he's slowing down. No, he just knows that Anthony Davis is taking over and he doesn't have to take spotlight, you know. And and you know if if you're watching the game, you know you can clearly see that. LeBron James could just charge into the paint and get a points, you know, whenever he wants. You know, it's it's his decision. And he did that a couple times. So, you know, if anything, if LeBron really wanted to, he could have just charged into the point more and more and more and get more points. And he would have had 25-plus points each. But instead, you know, he decided, Anthony Davis is taking over. We're winning by over 20 points. Why do I need to try? You know, just be a facilitator, be the point guard. That's what you're good at. And that's it. That's all you have to do. And they win the game. He didn't have to go extremely um, sweaty and try hard and try to actually go and, you know, take over the team for himself. He didn't have to. Um, but in any who, uh, everybody on the Lakers team did their part to win the game. Uh, Dan, you know, there were some clutch shots from Catavius Colwell Poe. Uh, Rondo, playoff Rondo came out to play and he did very well. Uh, Dwight Howard uh, played very well. Um, Dwight Howard did so well that he took JaVale's starting spot in the second half. Normally, JaVale starts in the second half, but Dwight Howard just did so well. Um, he had, I think he had like, thir- well, when I when he came back, by the time he came out of the game in the third quarter, uh, he had 13 points, maybe like three or four blocks. Um, he was just doing great. Um, definitely is not Orlando. Oh, I mean, listen. If Dwight Howard was still in his prime today, oh boy! I mean, the Lakers would the Lakers would literally be unstoppable. They they just it would be so unfair. Um, so, but in anywho, uh, Dwight Howard pretty much turned back the clock today in this game. He turned back the clock and he was doing very well. So, um, I'm expecting that they might end up starting Dwight Howard for game for game two. Uh, I'm thinking they might, judging on how good he was. I wouldn't be surprised if Vogel made the switch and start him for game two. So we'll see what happens. 
Um, I personally think they should because I think Dwight Howard really, really does good work against Jokic. Uh, he's just much more athletic and much faster than JaVale. So we'll see what happens about that. Uh, the Lakers don't really have to change anything. Uh, you know, and JaVale and Dwight Howard, both those guys were ecstatic when they were going up against Denver. Not because they thought that they were the easier matchup, because trust me, Denver is no team to sleep on. They definitely can win a couple of games. But the reason why they were so happy is because, you know, the Lakers were forced to go a little bit smaller because of the Rockets lineup. And because, you know, now they got a big guy, Jokic, you know, on, on the Denver lineup. Now they're like, yes, now it's my time to shine because now I can go out there on the floor and they can run their traditional two big defense, which is Anthony Davis and either JaVale or Dwight. So overall, nothing really has to change for the Lakers. For Denver, they really just have to get out of foul trouble. They can't just keep on fouling everybody. Um, even though that the Lakers are not a very good free throw shooting team, still putting them at the line and giving them 25 attempts, that's still going to hurt you because they're more than capable of making those free throws, so they can get them. It's not like they're very they're very bad. I will tell you that. There are a lot of bad free throw shooters on this team, but for the most part, they will get a lot of points from the free throw line. So not a good idea to foul them, and it's just not a good idea for you to, um, you know, try to body up Davis and try to double-team him because of the fact that he has so many spot-up shooters at the wings that he can throw the ball to. It's so hard to double-team Davis. You know, they're going to have to figure out a way on how to ISO him and still be able to guard him one-on-one. And that's going to be a huge problem because the only person that really can match up to Davis is Jokic. So, or Bobo. I mean, they, they, if they run a double big lineup, they might put Bobo in. Um, Bobo actually would be a very good... Uh, you could probably switch out maybe like... Uh, Gary Harris and go maybe double bigs, or you can switch out Paul Millsap. That'd be pretty good. Switch out Paul Millsap and go double bigs. That actually might be very good. Um, that that'd be very good for Michael Malone to experiment with that. Uh, yeah, a two big lineup. Put Bulbul um, at the four spot where Millsap normally is, and uh, have him guard Anthony Davis. I mean, I know he's a rookie, but the guy's almost seven foot. So, you know, that guy can – so Bobo can easily guard Davis. He might not be as muscular. He might not be as strong as Davis, but at least he has that length. So maybe if he can't body him up, he might be able to jump up and contest his shot at least. So that might be a good substitution. That's a pretty good, uh, you know, way of thinking in my mind. So, you know, maybe he'll do it. Maybe he won't. But either way, they're going to have to figure out a way on how to take out Davis because Davis is way too powerful. Um, and if Davis keeps on driving 37-10 and 10 for the rest of the series, yeah, they're definitely not winning this series, definitely. 100% they're not winning. And and that's not even a count if LeBron is going off for 20-plus points. That's not even – that's just Davis. Imagine if LeBron's going off too. That's just going to hurt them. So, again, you know, hopefully Denver can uh, – pull through and maybe think of something but uh you know like i've said i kind of want the lakers to win so i don't want them to do it but i think it'd still be fun for them to maybe win a couple of games at least no all right boys we'll see what happens in the next six games peace